Welcome everybody to the cast from the coast. My name is Adam Miles and I'm joined as always by Josh Lambert, Aaron Peerless, and Tim Johnson. Tim, what are yeah. we discussing tonight, buddy? We are going to take a trip back to 1980. My perfect little pocket of horror. Love this time. We're going to talk about a movie that I've actually wanted to talk about before, but for whatever reason never got brought up. Maniac! Stay tuned. Tim, give us a synopsis. Okay. A psychotic man, troubled by his childhood abuse, loose in New York City, kills young women and takes their scalps as trophies. Will he find the perfect woman in a photographer and end his killing spree? Who knows? Stay tuned to this <laughs> channel to hear our thoughts. Uh, you're on fucking point tonight, Tim. <laughs> you're on point tonight, man. Who knows? Stay tuned, folks. A lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. <laughs> Next, I'm going to hear Scooby-Doo. Ruby-Roo! <laughs> Tonight's episode. All right. So, yes. 1980, William Lustig, Joe Spinelli. Um, Maniac. This movie is one of those, like Tim said, uh, you know, in that little pocket of horror that Tim loves uh, in the in the late '70s, early '80s, that entire time frame there, uh, where a lot of movies were made really shoestring budget with some really decent and you know memorable effects work for a lot of these um, movies. Here we go. So, Maniac, as the story says, here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> So as Tim said, we have uh, we have Joseph. Uh, what, what's his name in the movie? Holy shit! I just it, Frank Zito. I was gonna say Joseph Zito, but it's Frank Zito. <laughs> Joseph Spinelli, Frank Zito. Josh uh, Maniac. 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 So so Italian. we come to find out throughout the movie, he's got some mommy issues, having to do with the fact that she used to. She was a lady of the evening. She was a lady of the evening. Throw him in <laughs> a closet. Of the road, if you will. <laughs> she walked on Easy Street, folks. She walked on Easy Street. And uh, growing up, that uh, kind of played a toll on his mental state to the point where he tries to find if the perfect woman exists. And uh, when he figures that there's a problem with them, he takes a trophy and leaves them. Why does he dead. sculpt them? Why not? Is that explained? I don't think it's not really explained. It's just that's 
let's say it's his tick. That's what he does. Like it's scalping someone is such an primitive medieval thing to do. And like, yeah, I want the top of your head in my collection and that's fucked up. You know what See, I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I took it like it's this very, very primal kind of trophy. Like, some uh, people... I thought he was trying to, like, build the perfect woman. And that's why he was, like, collecting parts. And then I realized the only part he was collecting was scalps and yeah. hair. The way, the way that I always interpreted it was he couldn't keep the body. Hmm. Yeah. So, it is, so he had the mannequin. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the top of the head just kind of made that person exist in his life continuously because he took their clothes too yeah he did take their clothes too because he dressed the mannequins at least he took the uh stripper that he or the hooker that he had in the hotel room because he took her like her shorts or whatever and dressed the mannequin in that can i just say that the special effects work i know i'm jumping the gun here but for 1980 tom savini was on point with this fucking movie, oh, true. This is when did he, he do all the effects? This is when he was on point, man. Like he, he, he was, did was the. It? I think he had one other person working with him in the effects. I don't know. Aaron will probably confirm later, but I don't think he did one hundred percent of them. But he did the major things. Yeah, because yeah. there was parts where I was like, "Yeah, that's Savini's work," and then there was parts where I was like, "There's no way he did that." Yeah, yeah I, I can yeah. see a couple of the things that you're talking about. Like, one of the things that, it, we'll talk about it later, but one of the things that bugged me was there was one of the scalping scenes where yeah. it didn't even look like he was actually cutting. It looked like he was yeah. just rubbing the knife. It, well, it was the whole, because the, the, I remember Savini, watching a shit ton of documentaries on Savini, was the, the, the knife that, like, protrude, like produced, the like, the little bead of blood. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like but, yeah, you're right. Studio. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Gag knife. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, so there's not a lot of other characters in this movie except for the women that he takes down, which are just cannon fodder for his for his pleasurable scenarios. He I like that though. I like that it just focuses on the fucking lunatic. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it, kind of simple. It it makes it simple, makes it um you don't get attached to anybody. No. You know what I mean? Like there's no like, you know, feel bad well, I mean, you know, they, they get killed, so you kind of like, aw, right? But, like, the only one that you really, truly feel bad for is, uh, in my opinion, the photographer when she she's gets it. No. Because she's the only one who you actually spend any time with. So, yeah. but even then, she's still kind of part and partial to his story of, of murder. You know what I mean? So, it, yeah. So, let's just, uh, Josh, I just, I, I want to hear your notes. Wow, we didn't even fucking talk okay. about the nuances of this movie, and we're already jumping the gun. The nuances? <laughs> what nuances are you talking about, Tim? He just wanted nuance. to say nuances. Hey, he did. He heard that word today. Just because and Tim to got it. a fucking word of the day calendar <laughs> for Christmas doesn't mean you need to get on the ears. Yeah. <laughs> this is deplorable. <laughs> Jump, jump over to Josh's notes, okay. which are by far one of very entertaining, and I can't wait to hear them. Um, the thing I really liked about this movie was it was kind of like, like this whole movie is all about fucking tone and just atmosphere and this fucking serial killer in 1980 going around killing women, right? Like I know it's a a, a topic that's been like beat to death not only in film, but like in real life and stuff. Right. So, yeah. but like how many movies were out 
before this that did this? I, I don't know. Not many. And I just, just thought that like this movie was like a very, I don't know. It was like a pioneer, man. Like that's why I dug it so much. Like it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but for 1980, well, it took a different Tom Savini approach. doing special effects work. Joe's, was... Joe's creepy though. Like he's creepy dude. Yeah. But see, you this know? movie he's took a different approach. Creepy. It, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't a whodunit like the vast majority of the movies in the time were. It wasn't a masked killer like The Prowler and My Bloody Valentine and name another I, you know movie at the time. It was it just, just glazed over what I said. Well, what did you say? Sorry, I was talking. Myers. I said Michael fucking Myers. There you go, Michael <laughs> fucking Myers in Halloween. But it wasn't one of those whodunit. I mean, you kind of know who Michael Myers is. I mean, you know who he is. But it's one of the. It isn't one of those mystery killer movies which were popular at the time. This is literally just a story of this guy who just so happens to be sick in the head and murders people. Yeah. It was. It was like. It was like Henry, portrait of a serial killer. Similar tone I mean, in the time frame. Like, if I worked <clears throat> at the local coffee shop and this guy came in every Thursday to pick up a coffee, I'd be thinking this guy's got someone tied up in his basement. Like he looked weird. Yeah. He looked like, like a serial killer and acted like a creepy fucking dude that has mannequins with scalps on his dome in the creepy little shitty hotel. Not to mention walking around late at night with sunglasses and a hat pulled yeah. down and your collar right weird. up like Well and another like, he's thing not up to anything. Like, again, like I said, like I, I was like like this this movie to me was a lot of like mood. Like it almost came across like documentary style. Like someone was following this guy, watching him, you know, documenting, if you will, uh, his <laughs> kills. And I mean, um, like Joe Spindle, like he co-wrote this with, like he co-wrote his character, right? Like I don't know. I just I, I like this movie. <laughs> like I just I like all the little things behind this movie. Um, all right, we can. We, I, I got that out of my system for now. You can you can you switch to Josh. Josh. Perfect. Give us our notes. Give us our notes. You don't get to do that. Josh. That's my job. That's your notes. You sit down and shut up, Tim. I am sitting and I will not be silenced. Go ahead, Josh. Oh my. my first viewing of Maniac took place January 4, 2020 at 7 31 p.m. Uh, my first impression was the throat slice scene. That was a practically non-effect. I thought it was pretty garbage, and it uh, set me up to think that the effects in this film would be horrible. I don't know if you guys thought that as well, but that was the main effect I was talking about that I didn't think Savini maybe had his hands on. You mean the or girl? Or didn't have his hands on enough. You mean that was girl. on the beach, right? The girl at the beginning, right? Because yeah. the guy with the fucking garrote wire, that was pretty dope. Yeah. yeah, that was. But yeah. like the knife slash, mm. like it didn't even. It was like a non-effect. That was one of the two Local. that I. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this guy's out gathering wood, like he's gonna stay there all night long. The tide's gonna wash you away there, bud. And, like they're ready to just take a, new, a snooze right on the beach, and the tide's coming in. Uh, uh well, that definitely sets us up. He's a maniac. Okay. <laughs> Story's over. On the floor. <laughs> um, quote, the ultimate. 
when the hookers are talking about giving the ultimate for a hundred dollars. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this film suffers from loud music and quiet voices. It was a battle for me the entire film of turning the volume up and down. I don't know if you guys felt that as well. Twenty years now. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. I admit that yeah, too, no, because when I was watching it, there was one time where this loud noise, like a, almost like a scream slash vibration, came on. Mick came downstairs. She was like, "What the fuck was that?" Because I had it like low, and all of a sudden that pierced through the house. See, yeah. but I didn't. I I didn't notice it as much because I watched it on my computer while I was like you know, doing editing and stuff like that. And I had headphones on, so, like, everything was kind of balanced. I but did the there, same thing. There are points where you're right. <laughs> the music is too loud and the fucking voices are too low. Yeah. See, I sleep with a fan, so I was laying down and I had my fan going, and I also don't have the best of hearing. So I had the fucking, fucking crank to the gears. <laughs> Squinty ear collector. to the gears. <laughs> And uh, every time I couldn't hear what they were saying, they're whispering, and there's no subtitles. So I was like, I had to crank it right up. And then all of a sudden, some big music would come in, and I had to turn it back down. Anyways. Uh, I said, dude, you can't kill her. Like, ten people just watched you go upstairs with her. This guy just gives no fucks. He literally yeah, yeah. takes a hooker upstairs into a hotel room and kills her. And, like... I guess we're never going to find out what the ultimate was because he killed her. Uh, I want that. What what the fuck? Did he just scalp her? Yeah. Oh, don't mind me. Just taking out a giant fucking trash bag out of a hotel room and a giant human sized bag. No big deal. Nothing to see here. It's true. There wasn't nothing to see. Okay, yeah. I was not expecting a mannequin in the bag. <laughs> and he proceeds to dress her as the prostitute. Like, why? You literally just had the prostitute. You could have just had the hooker. I, I, I don't understand why you need to make a, <laughs> Like, you can literally pay for their time. But it, you don't need to create a new one. I just don't understand. I really like the voiceover work in this film. Like, when you hear his thoughts, and it's kind of, like, rotating through, it's kind of like a narrator without a narrator. It's yeah. very good. Uh, so, Savini, in this film, the scene where she resists his, like, Ray Romano charm, and it was, like, <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> Ray she's like, oh no, we, we gotta go home. My boyfriend's gonna be mad. And like 20 seconds later, she's in the backseat doing him. Street <laughs> style. Uh, the slow motion head explosion was amazing. Uh, the blood was super red and it uh, brought some life back into what I thought was going to be some pretty shitty effects work. <clears throat> Don't swing so high. Quote. This mom's a bitch. Let your damn kid swing on the swings. How are you going to police how high your kid swings? In the 80s, nonetheless. In the 80s, we used to try to go around the bar. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. So, there's a scene where she's being chased down in a subway. And it's, like, completely empty, right? The nurse, yeah. And there's no one there. And she's being chased. And it's pretty scary because she's all alone. 
and then the train goes by, <laughs> and through the train, you can see there's just like hundreds of people everywhere. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, what the fuck? Scratching that one off. Yeah, there's just people everywhere in the station. I don't know if that was like a continuity it's called error a reflection. and they just like fucked up. <laughs> and they need to no, not even the reflection. Like you could see oh, through, the windows, yeah, through the windows. Through the windows, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could see like a reflection plus the people on the other side yeah, of the platform. Okay, so I don't know if that was just I, like pickup shots. No, I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. This movie's budget was pretty much spent, and in order to get that shot, they yeah. couldn't just run the subway through. The, the 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 station or whatever they had to basically take that shot when the subway was literally just going through the yeah. place like yeah, they, they had to do it at night time the... when there was less people exactly and so when they, they were filming me, you guys it... just like move over yeah because like 90 percent of that scene when they're running through the subway it's completely empty yeah and all the bird's eye shots and all the big views make it look and make it feel very empty and it's just this one shot when the train goes by and there's just people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't get it um, to run while um, they were filming with no one there. Did they not get permits or something? Or possibly. I guess not. we'll find out. We'll we'll find out in trivia time, Aaron. <laughs> just got to wait and see. Um, really hiding in a subway bathroom station? You're a nurse. You're probably gonna die from whatever you pick up in there. Where's <laughs> this guy gonna go? <laughs> Uh, nailing the really scalps well. to the mannequin. Very strange. <clears throat> it's like a little ritual. He takes them out and he goes... Little hammer. With the little thumbtack. Little hammer. Strange. So there's a scene where there's a couple of them sitting at a restaurant. And they're eating their food. And then the dessert comes out. And she takes her big little dessert spoon and grabs a big glob of this guy's cheesecake and starts eating it. And then it pans out. And you see she has a, a full piece of cheesecake not even eaten on her own dish. She wanted she's someone... over here eating her man's cheesecake. Yeah. yeah. What's better than your own cheesecake? Someone else's. Exactly. Adam, Adam got Especially it. Especially if it's New York-style cheesecake. Yeah. Uh, is it even a horror film without the iconic bathroom scene? So if we get a bathroom scene in this horror film, as with almost every 80s horror film, and everyone to supersede. Uh, the mommy zombie scene where... Like the mother comes, she's all zombified. Very cool. His mannequins come to life and rip him apart. Definitely didn't see that coming as an ending. And what the fuck kind of cops roll into a homicide, <laughs> look around, and say, yep, it's pretty he's, fucked. He's dead. Just walk out. <laughs> like, yep, checks out, he's dead. And, and they and, walk out. And close the door behind them, too. Like, yeah. they were fucking Nothing proper. To see here. Like, he's like, no, he's dead. Okay. Yeah. Here, let's leave the show. Close the door. Like. And they had uh, to go single file because they had '80s hair. Yeah. <laughs> Through the door frame. I, I'll be honest. There was a lot of times where I found myself kind of looking at my phone and looking at IMDb, and I was like, "Oh, who is this guy? What else was he in?" So it did kind of drag on at points. Yeah. But uh, as a whole, I thought it was really well done. I really liked how they got inside the head of a maniac. Not. <laughs> bad not bad those are my notes that's cool thanks josh that was a good little insight into the world of josh and how he felt about this movie into the world of josh to the world of josh aaron aaron all right
and talk to us about the wonders of Savini and whoever the hell else did some of the other shit. <laughs> so there were three. Well, jeepers, there were three people that um, that were listed on IMDb, and I I didn't write all of them down. I just wrote the Tom Savini down. Um, so they probably assisted. Three was too many to write down. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, I don't got that yeah. much lead in my pencil. Exactly. <laughs> Running out of ink here. It was a pen. <laughs> yeah, running out of ink. Um, but anyway, yeah. As soon as I saw Tom Savini on this, I was like, right on, getting into a Tom Savini film. That's going to be sick. A nineteen eighty uh, Tom Savini. Film. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I was kind of intrigued right at the beginning because uh, it took one minute and forty seconds for the first kill. Into the movie, mm. it's like. All right on one minute, 40 seconds. I thought, okay, usually I'm sitting back. I got my pen in my hand and I'm like, okay. And I was like, oh man, this thing's going to make me work all the way through. Mm. Right. I'm not going to pay attention. But anyway, I was, I was pretty blown away by that. Um, the opening slit throat effect. I was kind of iffy over as well. Um, but I didn't mind it as I re I, I played it again. I played it over and over again. And I thought it was okay. Um, but uh, then again, I mean, they were just getting into that kind of deal back in the 70s, 80s, that kind of thing. So um, it was kind of cheesy. And I thought, you know what, that doesn't look like Tom Savini coming out of like Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead and things like that. So, um, or at least Dawn of the Dead, right? And um, so, yeah, I thought it was all right. Uh, two minutes and 28 seconds for the second death. That was the marker. So two people have already died within three minutes of this film. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be a, a kill fest. Um, looks like Rigid Collodian uh, scarring on Frank when he takes his shirt off in front of the mirror. Uh, could be accompanied with a little bit of gelatin or latex. Or it even could have been maybe some Tuplast, which is a uh, substitute for latex that you can use for scarring and things like that. Um, those scars were really good. Looked like he had maybe self-inflicted uh, those wounds uh, because of the mental anguish he's going through in his life or whatever. Um, good sweat effects on Frank. As I kind of thought they were battle scars. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Savini really, really glazed him over with the old glycerin and water to give that sweat effect. And it made that guy look even, and it gave me the feeling like this guy was just a, ugh, he's got Maybe. some fucked up serious issues going on, right? So I love the sweat effect, especially on that guy. It made it even creepier for me. Uh, just that one little effect, and it, and it was, you know, super easy, and that's what it does, I'm telling you. Um, I thought that the scalping on of the hooker, the first hooker, uh, what it looked like to me is that they used mortician's wax on her forehead, and they were pushing the blade into it to give it a little bit. I, I backed it up and I watched it over and over again. And it looks like it's got a slight, it's actually embedded in something as he's dragging it across her forehead. And then it cuts and goes back to this piece that looks like it's made out of latex. And I thought, that doesn't look like Tom Savini's work because it, it looks kind of rough, right? Mm -hmm. It went from being nice and smooth all of a sudden this, um, taking for granted that this is, you know, 80. So, um uh, but the, he managed to lift it off, and as he was lifting it, you notice he didn't peel it right back. It's because there's a couple blood tubes up in there, and the blood tubes are supplying the blood that's dripping down over her face, right? So he wasn't going to rip that thing right off and peel it back to expose that. He's going to just pull it back and, and do his thing. So it was a good effect. Um, 
except for the the cut and then you see the the two totally different ways the forehead looked if you put those two shots side by side you'd really notice and that's what they did and i'm surprised that they did it that way uh to be honest um maybe have a different angle or something to get rid of the burnt image that you see before she gets her her uh her hair cut off right that probably would have been a little better for that shot uh i found that the uh i thought, I thought the narration was a bit weird I'm sitting here just going, what the narration's kind of weird. It's strange, and maybe it's adding to this guy. I still haven't figured it out, to be honest. But going through this whole film, all I could hear was, hmm. That's exactly it, boys. Exactly. I was like, what is going on? I was like, what's with the grunting and moaning from Frank? Like, the whole time he's doing stuff, even when he's in front of the mirror, he's like, <laughs> okay, maybe he's got some sort of alien living in him. Uh, Tom's acting, I thought that Tom's acting was on par. Uh, he didn't look like he was, you know, he didn't look like he was struggling in any way, shape, or form, and he, he was convincing, right? Um, I don't know if many people know that, that the scene inside the car with the shotgun, that is actually Tom Savini, if you're watching this film. And uh, if you're not a horror buff, Tom Savini is one of the, one of the greats uh, that uh, initiated some pretty serious special effects in the industry. The shotgun scene was incredible. Reminds me of Dawn of the Dead, um, Day of the Living Dead. Um, I really liked the way that they had the, the head explode. Uh, or Day of the Dead, sorry. Um, I, I like the way that the head exploded and they put it in slow motion. You could see all the bits and gnarly pieces and the splatter of the blood everywhere. I mean, just watch the movie just for that if you're if you're into gore because that was absolutely fantastic. Um, that was mostly done. Uh, you can do that uh, many different ways. You can cast, cast his head. Uh, you could cast anyone's head for that, actually, because it was a reverse shot. Uh, you just have to have a wig that looks like, you know, looks like Tom from the back. And then you can make that head out of foam or gelatin, fill it with all a bunch of goo and guts and, and fake blood and everything, and then pop the squib in the back of it, and boom, you got a really cool effect. But the, the way they shot it and they slowed it down, absolutely awesome. Um, and my next note is, is now, like, now who's going to finish the effects in the movie now that Tom's dead? Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no consistency with blood on Tom's uh, fling so she had blood the blood was different in the different takes it was like kind of dripping down on her face and it was wet and then the next shot it was dry so I did notice that um, I don't know how long it took between shots but it must have taken a while for that blood to dry like that um Again, I made I made reference to the weird noises that everyone's making in the film. Uh, good illusion with the stabbing in the bathroom scene. Uh, it's a Savini classic with the uh, sword or the blade mm. there. Um, I'm just going to let a strange man into my apartment. Duh, right? Like this guy walks into into uh, into the photographer's apartment. Oh yeah, you I took a photo of you in the park. Come on in, have some tea. How, you know I. He's not a serial killer in New York in the 80s. Not at all. <laughs> Come on in. 
right? I found that kind of weird. Uh, Switchblade Death of the model was good. Uh, generic, but effective. Um, again, it was probably they had two or three Switchblades, and one was cut off, and they just held it against her stomach. Had a nice little tube right next to it. It was dripping blood everywhere. Um, the grunting and huffing is hilarious. I'm still going there, but... <laughs> The zombie effect kind of with the with Frank's mom uh, was awesome for the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like it was a bunch of latex cotton and all that all that jazz. But it was it was cool. I didn't expect to have that happen. Um, so it was kind of neat. Fantastic scene at the end. The mannequins coming to life, tearing Frank up. Classic Day of the Dead effect. They're tearing, tearing and, the cat up. You, you mentioned all, Day of the Dead. Right? And, I mean, looking at Dawn of the Dead, too, like their, their complexions were almost bluish, grayish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very from, cool. You know, Savinius from that time period. Yeah, and they unhooked the head and started tearing it apart and stuff. It was like, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. And it wasn't even a big difference from the actual, his actual head. So they, they took a, a head cast of him. And when I saw the, the actual fake head and they were tearing it apart, I was like, that's actually not a bad that's severed good. head. That's a really good one. Um, the transition was really quick, and I thought, okay. <clears throat> Yeah, that worked. That worked great. Those are my notes. Sweet. Those are my notes. Those are my notes. Hey guys, I'm Felissa Rose, Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to They Cast from the Coast. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what that means, folks? It is now time for the one. For the, the greatest one. segment in They Cast from the House Coast <laughs> history. <laughs> they Cast from the House. The House. Next year. The house only. Two. Trivia Time with Tim! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that was... Please provide us, Tim. All right, some rock and roll. William Lustig and Joe Spindle say that they didn't always have the necessary permits to film on location in New York City. Certain scenes, including, but not limited to, the infamous shotgun through the windshield scene, had to be filmed very quickly. And afterwards, who had to run away before the cops arrived? (laughs) Quick, shoot him and go! Which... Yeah, but that also leads into what I was saying earlier about them shooting in the subway. Like, they did not have a permit. And I was going to say it then, but I was like, it would ruin trivia time. Oh, fuck. I ruined it. Sorry, Tim. No, 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 no. It was it was a precursor. Like, it was like foreshadowing. You were foreshadowing. That's a born storyteller. Storytelling. (laughs) All right. The dummy used in the exploding head scene had to be extensively extensively and expertly done by Tom Savini who also at that time was known for the Dawn of the Dead effects after its use in the film it was so saturated in fake blood and gore that it was decided to retire it was decided to retire the dummy which Tom had named Boris according to Savini the dummy 
was locked in the trunk of a car and used in the shotgun scene and then sunk in the East River. Sweet. Wicked. Uh, in order to keep costs down, several porn actresses, such as Ab- Abigail Clayton, were hired to play victims and other minor female roles. <laughs> the headless corpse, in the end, is Betsy Palmer's corpse. Oh! Corpse, sorry. Jason's mother from Friday the 13th. The helicopter oh. shots are recycled for footage from Inferno. Nice. Wow. Gene hmm. Siskel was so disgusted by the infamous shotgun head explosion scene that he walked out of the yes! saying with Roger Ebert that this film could not redeem itself after ultra-violence, after the ultra-violence he's seen. Well, you know what, Gene Siskel? Yeah, Eat a dick. Because... Isn't he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Dead. <laughs> But I never, I never liked never those did. two. Never I used to only watch two. the show just so I could Getting... see clips of things that I hadn't seen yet. No, no. Who do these guys think they are? Getting, getting on some kind of platform, telling their <laughs> acting like they know what they're fucking I talking about. Going before it started. Joke, Eric. You look like you took that very seriously. No, I was thinking. Sorry, I was thinking something else while you were saying it. Joe <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spindle was working uh, in between filming a maniac. With other film projects, one of them being Nighthawks from 1981, which began filming right before production uh, on Maniac ended, in which Spindle cut his hair short, shaved off his mustache, and played a clean-cut, high-ranking New York police officer for the Nighthawks. In a few scenes, most uh, being where uh, Frank Zito's driving a car, Spindle is wearing a fake mustache with a long-haired wig under his cap. Yeah. The original budget for this movie was $48,000 in cash. 6000 which came from Joe Spindle, which was part of his $10,000 uh, salary from the movie uh, Cruising, which was also from 1980, uh, that recently completed filming before the filming of this began. 12000 came from Andrew W. Garoni, and the rest of the 30000 came from William Lustig, uh, from which um, there's from his profits in the adult film business. <laughs> Three of them uh, put all their money together uh, into uh, the stock market account, and it grew to 135000 as production continued. It was a British producer who came up with the rest of the money, 200000 to complete the movie as part of the condition with his then-wife, then Carolyn Monroe, who would be cast as the heroine. There, there was a heroine. Mm. I guess <laughs> the photographer. Uh, maybe she dead. <laughs> uh, the montage. Uh, montage. Montage. Gonna need a montage. <laughs> the montage. Off the rails. Uh, <laughs> the montage of Frank Zito looking in the department store mannequins late at night was filmed by Joe Spindle's friend and assistant Luke Walter, as the two men. Uh, second unit after the rest of the crew were asleep for the night. The Los Angeles Times refused to run ads for the film due to the graphic content and not only uh, the film, but its poster. So they were like, this is too violent. Fuck this. Um, Tom Savini uh, has been quoted saying that he might have went a bit too far with some of the effects in this movie. No. no. Fuck that. He didn't go yeah, far that's enough. Right. That's what I'm saying. 
Didn't I read go. that. I read that in one of his books. He was, uh, yeah, he he felt kind of bad over this film for making it look too. When it was released, people were like, "That shotgun scene was brutal, right?" and things like that. But I mean, he did his job, he did. didn't he? Yeah, he did exactly what he was supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie was filmed over 20 non-consecutive days in late 1979 and early 80. This movie has said several attributes to the film uh, being, um, you know, kind of referenced or honored. Um, most notably, Psycho. Both Norman Bates and Frank Zito heard voices and they were abused by their mothers based off the real-life serial killer, Ed Gein. This film was remade in 2012, starring Elijah Wood. Never watched Dude, it. Dude, you've never watched it? Yeah. Little, little, no, I, 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 I liked the first one so much that I felt like little Scrodo Baggins would have. You have no <laughs> idea how good it is, then. It is fucking awesome. Really? Oh, maybe. May, oh, may, maybe. Look, look at Elijah Wood in, in Sin City, it's man. Crazy. He was creepy in that. Elijah Bush yeah, he could be a pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he was the good son, uh, and I'll end it. He was a good son. He was a he was a, he was a good son. Collie Calkin was the bad son. Yeah. Fancy smancy. All right, ending it with one more. <clears throat> one. More. Joe Spindle was very serious about making a sequel to this film with director Buddy. I can't even pronounce his big Italian name. <laughs> Giovinazzo. Giovinazzo. I'm sorry. Uh, which they <laughs> shot a 10-minute promo called Mr. Robbie. After several years, financing for the film was filmed, was found, sorry, but the project uh, it was close to uh, the pre-production stage. But after Spindle suddenly passed away in 1989 a sequel never unfortunately happened so that's interesting so that's what i said earlier to the guys before we started i said there was a sequel around somewhere if you go into imdb you can actually watch that preview that they made yeah <clears throat> i've seen it it's kind of dope and that is trivia time with dale yeah! <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Gentlemen, it is now time for us to put our final thoughts together and actually rate this movie. And I, tonight, am going to start with Mr. Peerless. <laughs> Mr. Peerless! <laughs> uh, well, where do we start? Um, I enjoyed this movie, uh, especially after the other one that I'd watched. I thought this was a walk in the park. Um, I knew I was going to be in for a pretty good, um, a pretty good movie. I had never seen this one before, and I can't believe I hadn't. Uh, but uh, Tom Savini, as soon as I was looking up the the, the uh, credits, cast, and things like that, I was like, wow. Uh, I do remember him doing a film like this, but I had never seen it before. So thank you, you three, for pushing me to watch this. Um, I thought it was creepy. It had its uh, definite creepy tones to it, especially with the... Um, I think Joe Spinell did like a, a wonderful job being a super creepy dude uh, in New York. Um you know, they shoot this thing in, in New York City 
and you already know that New York is kind of, you know, Eastern seaboard kind of thing. It's dreary, you know, rainy. So you, you kind of get that thought in your head when you're, when you're watching this. Um, at least I did. Right. So it kind of added to the, to the, to the mess. You get the serial killer in this giant city and he's going around murdering ladies and we don't actually see where he puts the bodies or anything like that. Do we, he, we, we don't even see the disposal we of get, these things. Yeah. We, we kind of get the impression that he's just leaving them there the and the cops are hot on his trail until the end. You know what I mean? Like hot on his trail. It's, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just don't see yeah. that the side of it. Of all time. You know, like in a lot of movies right, you'd yeah. see like both kinda, sides of it, the killer getting away with it and the cops, you know, hot on his trail trying to figure out and finding the bodies. In this case, you just see him. He leaves a trail of bodies. That's right. It's more zeroed in, and I think that's where Josh gets like the, or or, or Tim gets the uh, the documentary kind of uh, part of it, a, a little bit. If it felt like that, uh, I forget who mentioned that, but anyway, yeah, I, I think that's where that, yeah, I think that's where that kind of comes from, with that because you're you're strictly on the side of of the serial killer. Uh, so I, I thought it was interesting that he was taking scalps. I'm like, okay, this is strange. And then he's attaching them to mannequins. This is even weirder. This this guy's creepy. Um, I liked his apartment. I liked the way they had it set up with uh, probably one of Savini's mouth casts sitting that. on the door with it open and the tongue. Like, I really, really like that. I thought that room that they had dressed up for that uh, was was perfect for his character. It, it kind of matched and, uh, and went together. And of course I'm never going to shit on what, what Tom Savini does. He's, uh, he's the effects guru for the years, right? Along with Rick Baker and a bunch of other boys. But, um, this is, you know, uh, it's definitely not going to get a, a terrible rating from me. Um, I'm probably going to rate it like uh, pretty PG. good. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Tim. Yep. Go yep. Ahead. Well, um, I I like this movie. I saw this movie a couple years ago, um, so this was not my first viewing. Um, I was on a Savini kick pretty hard about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, where I was trying to look at pretty much his body of work, uh, especially ones that, like, you know, I've never seen before i mean you know i've seen the original friday the 13th i've seen you know day of the dead dawn of the dead whatever right like i've i've seen his famous ones um but maniac was always one of those ones that i um i never watched and i did and i loved it um i thought um it wasn't bogged down with trying to be other things um Again, I, I really want to iterate the 1980, 79, 80 pocket of horror movies. A lot of shit wasn't done before. Um, and a lot of these movies that came out then were kind of like the first. I'm not saying that this movie was original in any sense of the word, but at points it was. Um, one of the things I really appreciate, like I mentioned in the, um, the trivia time, was the kind of like guerrilla style fucking style of filming um you know get in get the shot run the fuck out of there before the cops come right um especially you know being kind of a an, an amateur you know filmmaker i can absolutely appreciate like i don't have a 100%. permit to fucking shoot here <laughs> shoot 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 run 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 right um one of the things that i really liked was that it didn't um um, sensationalize or um, you know really glamorize 
um, him being a serial killer. Um, it was just, it was good point. An, an honest take. Um, it didn't make him the hero of this movie, but it didn't make him the villain either. Like this guy's just killing women and it's horrible, but it is what it is in this film. Right. Um, yeah, I, I got major documentary vibes. Um, I liked, I liked the, the, the inner monologue he had with himself. Um, cause we all talk to ourselves. <laughs> um, so you know, I kind of liked how that was done. Uh, the special effects, top fucking notch for the most part. Um, Tom Savini is, like Aaron said, like he's, he's an effect the effect god. He's the effects. Yeah, he he's 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 the man when it comes to especially old school effects. Nineteen eighty. Uh, yeah, um, I really enjoyed this movie. I am going to give it an R. Nice, because. Of all the things that I said that I like about horror, um, this is this this ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um, yeah, this gets an R. Sweet, cool. Josh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Josh, 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 Josh. Go ahead. Go on. What? Oh, okay. I was just waiting for you to give me. You may proceed. Um. Yeah, my favorite thing about this film was the narration, the uh, the internal monologue that kind of follows the film. It, uh, as far as getting in the head of a crazy person, I think this film does an amazing job, and probably one of the best jobs of any like slasher or serial killer film I've seen, where it really gets in the head to try and show that there's no logic with this guy, there's no reason. It's just he's he's insane. He's a crazy person. He's a maniac. <gasps> That's the name of the movie. Oh, he, he did the thing. I see what you did there. I see he what did the thing where thing. he said the word. Yeah. Um, the kills were really good, uh, with the exception of those couple little scenes that, uh, like I said, I, I honestly think that that was like Sunday and Savini was off doing something else, and they just had to get it done. And I also love the the gorilla filming techniques of shoot it and get done and get out of there. We don't have a permit. What do you mean we, we got to take this shot in the in the subway and it's 2 a.m. and that's the only time we can do it? Like that to me is filmmaking on a pedestal. I love that. Like that's what Sam Raimi did. That's what a lot of these amazing horror films did. They just bootstrapped it up. They got a couple thousand dollars that they've saved up or, you know, they, they worked in gigolo films and, you know, you got a couple dollars. Show a little skin. Um, yeah. Yeah. My biggest problem with this film is that at points it drags on and it suffers from the timing issues of movies of this era sometimes. Um, and it was definitely a, a checking IMDb film. Like, I wasn't glued to the screen. But that doesn't make it bad. I, I think I'll put this at a PG. Well said. Well said. Adam, you may speak. I, I, Tim, you know what I feel, right? I share many of the same sentiments as everybody else here. Uh, <laughs> he did the thing. No. <laughs> no. You're you're just hyping yourself yeah, up right there. Right. Guys, well, in all honesty, one of these days he's gonna drop it and he's gonna be like, I share many of the same and say something other than sentiments, and it's gonna throw us for a curveball. And I'm not gonna like it because change, <laughs> change, change is scary. Yeah. 
right. Well, <clears throat> overall, the best thing that this movie had going for it was the effects work. You know, the shotgun blast, like I said, second best head explosion in all of movie history, in my opinion. First being Scanners. I can't shit on Scanners compared to this one because Scanners is... That's de facto for when the head explodes. This is a very close second. Uh, a lot of the general effects that were in this movie, this movie seemed to me to be like they put the money into making sure that they had the effects work done. So it almost created a, a, a pedestal for work. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things that I did find out, actually, and uh, Aaron didn't mention this, I'm surprised, but... He was uncredited for the effects in this movie, but Tom Savini had Rob Botton working with him on this. Rob Botton is infamous for doing all the major effects work on the thing. So we had a guy with high caliber capability working with Savini. So on the shit that didn't work, it must have been that third person that nobody wants to talk about. I'm just going to say that. It's going to be that third person. Sorry. I, I hope it wasn't. Yeah those two but if it was then okay you know we don't everybody has that. rough days i mean we it forgive is what right. it is. and you don't know what other films are working <laughs> on at the same time right you have no idea what you know if they're burning the candle at both ends or or what right i mean in the end you got to produce a good effect right so the character was sleazy i didn't feel bad for him when he died which is which is a good way to feel about this movie in my opinion like this character was not like tim had said and and i think everybody else had kind of really kind of relayed this too the character was not hero it was not made to be like you know somebody that you idolized you know like some people idolize serial killers in real life and shit this was a dark dirty sleazy person that you're literally just watching him go further down the fucking rabbit hole and and the insanity gets worse the the internal mindset and his narration and inner mind dialogue gets worse through the movie he he his problems start to come out more the moment that his mother basically appears in a in a form the fact that he gets on top of the photographer with the knife and he starts like talking to her as if she is his mother you know like he, you can see him literally you watching from the beginning of the movie he's not in a good mental state to begin with but it goes downhill throughout the entirety of the movie to the point where he's visibly fuckered at the end of this movie in my opinion and and yeah fuckered and that was that was a yeah yeah, yeah fucker yeah. And, and that was a good saving grace for the movie too because that just tells me that it was written well that being said this is one of those cases and i'll say this again where i've always been an advocate for the fact that there are movies with great premises and great potential that don't necessarily, you know, hit the 100% mark with it. And they're good candidates, in my opinion, for a good remake. And we did mention this earlier, but the Elijah Wood remake uh, from like 2012 or whatever it was, is fucking dope, in my opinion. This movie, still not bad, though. This is a good, good show of effects work, good writing. Um, and you do feel... Like, I felt dirty watching this movie after a bit. You know what I mean? Because you're just kind of like, you know, Ugh, this is nasty, right? All in all, everybody should watch this movie, in my opinion, at one point or another. If nothing else, just for the fact than to say, like, what Tim had done, that you've watched, you know, the majority of Tom Savini's body of work at that point. You know, you can say that you've, you've watched it. Uh, this movie, I'm going to give a PG. Pretty good. 
gentlemen. Good discussion. Good discussion. Yes. Well, this thing got just just before you end, Adam. This thing got a on Shutter. It got like a four out of five skulls. Um, and I know you guys hate the rating on IMDb, but I got a six point five out of ten. And on Metascore, it got a twenty two, which also carries over to the the film we're gonna do next, which also got a twenty two. I won't mention it here though. Next yeah, week's film. We'll, we'll keep you in. Next week's. Yeah. Film. Tune in, in next, next time. time. Next time, as, as we watch another movie that was rated. 22, 22 on Medicare. On Medicare. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Great conversation, guys. And just want to take a moment to thank everybody for tuning in this week and watching this episode with us. We had a lot of fun watching this movie and putting uh, together this review. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Good job. So please stay tuned. Watch all of our new content. We put it out weekly. Check us out on Facebook. Misunderstood our company. Like, share, and subscribe. We're also on YouTube. Misunderstood our company. Like, share, subscribe, folks. Tell everybody about us in the show, the wonders of it all. Uh, we produce audio copies, not just the video, but audio <laughs> copies of this episode and every other episode that we release every week on all the major podcasting platforms. Stop fucking yawning, Josh! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be more interesting. <laughs> we, uh, Maybe shut up. you should look at yourself. We produce before yelling at we poor produce. For the record, I would like to state that my yawns have nothing to do with anyone's interesting abilities. I'm just I just tired. wanted to yell at Josh. <laughs> so check out the major podcasting platforms, including but not limited to Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc. We're also on Patreon. Open up your hearts and your wallets. And until next time, Josh. 100 bucks, get to the ultimate <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> just saying. We should have a tier on Patreon called the ultimate. And they just don't get anything for it. <laughs> oh, you get something. We just don't know what it is yet. Aaron. Adam rolls up to your house and gives you the ultimate. <laughs> Tom Savini says that he may have gone a little too far with the makeup effects, the gore effects in this film. Tom, you did not. You did your job. Fantastic right. job. That's fake news propagated by Fangoria. <laughs> and bloody probably disgusting stuff, fake news. Probably. I, I'd say Fangoria, not bloody disgusting. I'd say Fangoria for sure. Tim. I'd like to tell everybody to stay safe. Stay spooky. See you next time, folks. Well, good night.